This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, we're here until midnight. Then we have Freddie and Fitzsimmons along, and we have Jacob Perry on loan from the K-Show, Gordon, and Harvey Cruz with us here until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling, my friend? Uh, better than last night. Uh-huh. Um, but a little concerned about what I'm seeing from Bing the- bong. Little no concerned. question. Little concerned. Um, the, the Knicks defensively look as as tired as Ray Santiago has got to be with back to back, back to back to back nights doing this and then getting up in the morning with DPH and Rothenberg. They're just not getting it done on the defensive end, Gordon. They're not getting stops. They're scoring plenty, but the they're, they're not getting stops and. It's very easy for teams to score on them. And this Orlando game, Gordon, becomes a very important game now. Yeah, and and those are the ones sometimes you worry about. Usually the Knicks put out better efforts against the the contenders. They don't take those those games lightly, uh, whereas the games against the teams that are also ran, sometimes they do. Well, look, in terms of diagnosing the problem, it's not hard. Uh, It's the defense. Uh, They gave up 127 points to the – are they the lowest scoring – they're one of the lowest scoring teams in the NBA. Uh, The lane was wide open pretty much all night. They were Mm – what did they shoot, 50% from three? It felt like it. It felt like they shot 90% from three. And, uh, you know, you would think that we were talking the other night after the last game and giving up all those points, well, do you do you sit them down for a specific amount of time? Do you go through all the different uh, problems that they had? Well, it's going to be a, a repeat because they had a lot of the same problems tonight. Just over 57% shooting from three for Miami. And yeah. that closeout of the three has been an issue. You see guys going uh, under the screens on the pick and roll. Uh, and and they're just not getting the stops, Gordon. And what they did today, which was interesting in watching Miami, is that what they did was they forced the Knicks to have to defend one-on-one, and when the double team came, they moved the the ball quickly, and then the lane was always open because either Randall came or Robinson came or Hartenstein, Hartenstein came, and... That was the problem. Then it left the basket open, and that's why they would just had layup after layup when they weren't hitting the three. So it's just it's it's a defensive issue. They got to tighten things up. They know what's wrong. They can see what's wrong. It's not the offense. It's clearly not the offense. They've got to do a better job of getting stops. And when they do, Gordon, that and the other thing, they're turning the ball over a lot too. Lots of turnovers on this team, and they had done a better job with turnovers uh, before the, these last couple of games. And last time they played, Jimmy Butler really was not much of a factor. Safe to say he was tonight. 35 points, uh, nine assists for Jimmy Butler tonight. Had a bunch of steals as well. So uh, he kind of owned that matchup tonight. And uh, it's back to the drawing board for the Knicks. And even though they had – thank you, Harvey. Even though they had a – the the scoring wasn't the issue, Randall did not have a good offensive game tonight. Uh, 15 points, 1 of 5 from 3, 7 of 16 shooting, 10th uh, technical foul of the season. Uh, he's, got to, he's got to maintain his control. He really does. His, he, he's really revved up. And I, I like him revved up, Gordon. I just need him to have a little control of his reviness. If that's a word, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to know how far you can push it, and then you gotta you can't go over that line. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been an issue for him at times. I think he's done a better job of it overall, but lately it does feel like it's 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 bubbling there. So yeah. uh, that's uh, you know as the as the guy who is the is the man along with Jalen Brunson, you can't. I mean, nobody can afford to to lose their control. But you know, you're supposed to be one of the leaders on the team as well, and mm-hmm. they were able to kind of take him out of it. I thought at time I didn't feel like even though he did not have a good shooting night, I didn't feel like he forced things the way he usually does. Right. Uh, I felt like Brunson, even though his stat line looks better, I felt like down the stretch he was forcing things a little bit. Five uh, turnovers was uncharacteristic yeah. for him. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a frustrating night. It was nice to see Grimes kind of get back in the flow yes. of things. Had a bunch of three-pointers. I thought mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett played well overall. He did. He did. Uh, so that's important moving forward. But, look, the Knicks, even though they won the, the previous two matchups, these, these are really close. These teams are yeah. really close. They are. They are. And, and the Knicks were fortunate to win the last one down in Absolutely. Miami. Absolutely. So. It just shows you it's nice that they have still a little bit of a lead, but this is who the Heat are, right? We figure that at the end of the year they're gonna they're gonna close, so we're gonna have to you have to figure out a way to hold them off, and the way you do that is by winning games. They got to go out next time and end this losing skid. And for them, for Miami, this was a game they had to have against the Knicks because they want to, you know, they want to have a chance at that tiebreaker. And they want to have it, you know, in case they finish in the tie or, or just trying to catch them anyway. So this was a game you could see that my, and we know, Gordon, not making excuses, Miami's a tough place to play. We know that. We understand that going in. You knew from the previous games, as you mentioned, it was going to be a battle. And that's why you really needed to, to not to get key stops. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. knows in the NBA, nobody plays defense. We get it. You can look at the scores and tell. <laughs> okay. But there's key moments during runs or key moments where you have to get stops. And they just didn't do a good job in those moments of getting them. I mean, look, what? They gave up 35 points in the fourth quarter and they scored 34. So, I mean, you know, and, and obviously you're gambling, you're trying, you're scrambling, you're trying to get back because, and they took the lead briefly. And you're like, okay, maybe, all right, maybe they can find a way. Here we go now. Let's go. Let's go. But they gave up 31 in the first, 33 in the second, 28 in the third, and 35 in the fourth. So they just just couldn't – they have no resistance for Miami at all. Miami got whatever they wanted whenever they wanted it. And it felt like it was uphill all night because I guess it was uphill all night. And it never really felt like, um, you know, you were hoping to steal it. It never mm-hmm. felt like you were able to get control of the game and just go and win the game. If you were going to win the game, it was going to be because you just stole it in the last quarter. And right. uh, you know, sometimes that works. It did not work tonight. And again, Gordon, what happens late in the game? We see Mitchell Robinson go down holding his knee. And you're like, yeah. oh, come oh, boy. on. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, you're holding again. your breath with him all the time. I mean, you know. We just saw Paul George, who's going to be out, I don't know how long, uh, hurt his knee last night in a game with, with the Clippers. And now you're looking at Mitch Robinson, and you're like, oh, here we go again with him. He just he just can't stay He just can't stay on the court. Now, hopefully it's nothing serious. He probably, I mean, I wouldn't play him for the next day or two, um, you know, to rest him. And then, you mm-hmm. you know, you go back to your bench and, you you know, you got the two-headed monster. Um, but, you know, you, you, you just – he frustrates you to no end because he plays well. You, you know, blocks three blocks tonight, mm-hmm. uh, eight rebounds, four off the offensive boards. He keeps things alive. He does a great job. So you know, you need him in there. Yeah, no question. I mean, the Knicks, uh, they're not at a point. Even though they do have a little bit of of wiggle room here for five, you don't want to test it. You don't want to push no. it. So nope. yeah, Robinson, they, they cannot afford to be losing anybody. They need everybody going full bore here. 
And, you know, Randall obviously not tonight, but Brunson's back now and, and has played well overall. R.J. Mm-hmm. Barrett. You know, the Knicks have really never had those three guys play well at the same time. Yeah, you're right. And that's kind of the hope that you're – I know it's, what is it, eight games left now in the regular mm-hmm. season, but you're hoping yes. as you get close to the playoffs that you can maybe – is there a time where the three guys are all going to play well together? That would be uh, that nice. would really be something that would give you some hope. <laughs> that would be nice to see. That would be great. It would be. And I could just hear, and I know he's going to call in, Gordon. I could just hear Spike yelling at uh, Emmanuel quickly, stop going side to side, go to the basket. I could hear him yelling at him. I could hear him yelling at him. Because he does that. And, and you, there's, there, was a, there was a play where... He was bringing it up, and he slowed it up, and he's dribbling. And I'm like, okay, this is what I was – now I'm talking to the TV. I'm saying to him, this is what Gordon and I were talking about you the other night, where there's a thin line where you're, you want to start the offense. You run the clock down, but you want to start the offense where you can have wiggle room if, you know, if, if the play you're running, they, they defend it, and you, you're not throwing up a, clock, a shot with like two seconds left on the clock. He dribbles, 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 dribbles. He puts the ball up with six seconds left on the clock. And I'm just like, ugh. Just shaking my head, Gordon. Just yeah, he's had head. a phenomenal season, but these last two games uh, have pro- uh, might be the, his worst two games back-to-back all season. Uh, yeah. I did not think he was very good uh, in the Minnesota game. Uh, he, it seemed like he was just throwing up shots left and right, uh, not really the, the, the factor on defense. And then, uh, again, tonight, certainly the shot was not there, so – uh, got to get him turned around, right? Because that bench unit is is key. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he's a big part of that. No question about it. No question about it. So, tough night for the Knicks. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll get your thoughts next. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM, at Gordon Damer. Of course, next hour, Gordon, we've got uh, some more reveals, don't we? Yeah, we're moving on to round two. We got the uh, the results, which are still up there right now, I believe. Uh, you can still vote for the next couple of minutes on the uh, Region 1 round two of our rewatchable movie bracket. And some of them are going right down to the wire. Nice. Last I checked, there was one that was 51-49, Larry. Wow. So that you can't get really much closer than that. So uh, certainly go vote right now. We'll have re- uh, Region 2 round two coming up tonight for four more matchups. Beautiful. And we'll let you know about that in the coming minutes on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, start us off on ESPN New York Tonight. Hey, guys. How you doing? (laughs) This was a, I got to just say, this was not a great game uh, for me to watch live. Um... Just to see all the foul calls, you know, hey, it happens, it's part of the game, but um, I felt like it disrupted the rhythm. But also, it it was just very sad because it was just like, you see Brunson get 20-plus, you see Barrett get 20-plus, you see even Quinn Grimes get there, and then, you know, after, you know, Julius had a tremendous game the the game before, he kind of, you know, he kind of had a bad night shooting and, this is going to concern me because we're, we're we're playing teams that are playing for their for their playoff lives, and this intensity is not going to go away, and the inconsistency can't continue if we really want to have a chance to beat the beat the Cavs or any first round opponent. You're absolutely right, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. It's it's 
And you knew, you knew, Gordon. Can I be honest? I didn't expect much from Randall tonight after that fifty-seven point performance. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 a day after that. I mean, you spent. He played a lot of minutes. He exerted himself. He was exhausted. So I didn't expect a lot from him offensively. And listen, his offense was picked up by Grimes and Barrett. Mm-hmm. So yep. it, even though he didn't give you the points that you normally get from him, uh, you really needed him to be more of a guy who. More of a passer, more of a guy who was on the boards, more of a guy who focused on defense tonight, a little bit more than the offensive, you know, offensive uh, game that he normally does. Yeah, and look, uh, Randall is not his typical offensive game, but he did have nine assists, uh, and the offense wasn't the issue. Nope. <laughs> the, the issue was they didn't get stops. They, they scored plenty of points, but they gave up 127 points, which might actually be worse than Minnesota because Miami is, is not a good scoring no. team. No, no, they've They've... They're normally pretty, pretty lackadaisical scoring-wise. I have some stats I'll share with you in a second. Let's hear from Coach Spike in St. Pete. Hey, Spike. Emmanuel, stop passing the ball side to side. I, I, I heard you. I heard you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Listen, this is simple. One correction, Gordon. Uh, quickly, after the 53-minute game, had two bad games prior uh, he, he, listen, he's not a point guard. He should be handling the ball. But I never thought for one minute, one hand to God, that the Knicks were going to win this game, even when they got ahead. I'm more focused than I talked to my uh, other buddy uh, from City College that uh, said tomorrow night's the key game because the Wagner boys and Banchero, oh. they, if you look at them, that team's going to be very good in two years. They mm-hmm. have a good coach. That team, after a 2-12 and 12 start, is playing very, very well. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, Hartenstein quickly, and uh, who else had a bad game tonight? Randall. If you got three minutes, guys, having bad games, Gordon, you're right, Grimes made up for some of it. But they, they didn't seem disinterested. They just turned the ball over. I don't know, f- between 15 and 20 times, I'm guessing. 17. And I'm guessing seven, and the Knicks out-rebounded them by what? At least 15, I'm thinking, right? Uh, yeah, close. Let me look at that. Okay, so, so that so if there's a formula where you you're letting a team that doesn't score, as you intelligently alluded to, uh, score probably fifteen twenty points more than they normally do. The three point close. It was a bad game, yeah. and I really was concentrating on tomorrow tomorrow night early start. Over to Orlando, you're playing a team that and they lost to, we know they lost to Charlotte. They got totally embarrassed by Minnesota. This doesn't look as bad, boys, but when you break this game down, the Knicks played horrible defense two games in a row. That concerns me. However, the Nets are playing Miami. We have to start looking at it like this when the Miami comes up to uh, play us. So, you know, win a few games here and there. Tomorrow's a huge game to me. Do you agree? Yes, I do, Spike. Thanks for the phone call because, once again, Gordon, as we started at the top, that's a game you should win. And considering how the Knicks performed against aforementioned Minnesota, against Charlotte at home, both of those at Minnesota at home, they don't always answer the bell when they play teams who are worse than they are. And, Gordon, this is the time of year when teams who have nothing to play for get up to make sure that you don't get a playoff win that could help you in the postseason over them. Well, I wouldn't have said it was a must-win game uh, if we had gotten tonight. I would have mm-hmm. rather had tonight. Absolutely. Uh, but now that you've lost that one, yeah, you, I mean, you can't be losing to the Magic. I'm sorry, you just can't. Nope. I don't care if it's if it's at home, if it's on the road, if it's on the moon. You got you got to beat the Magic. <laughs> and and look, the Magic. Spike said are going to be good in a couple of years. 
I think right now they have the fifth best shot to win the lottery this year. And they already oh. have a couple of pieces there. If they were ever to get the, you know, the top pick or the second yeah. pick this year, they're going to be dangerous. Look out. Yeah, absolutely. Heat shot 57% from the field, second best in the game this season. A couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago they shot 59.8. Uh they snapped a three-game losing streak against the Knicks, their longest streak since they lost four straight in 2018. Heat scored 125 points plus Three games this month. They had scored that in a game only twice this season prior to March. So they've been on a little scoring streak of late, Gordon. They've been putting some points up. And I don't know whether there's teams they've played against, whether the schedule's gotten a little easier. I'm not sure what's happened. But, uh, you know, they've, they've they've put their pedal to the metal because they're trying to make sure they move up and get into – they don't want to play in. They want to be outright playoff team. This is ESPN New York Tonight. I know it's too early to look ahead, but uh, Brian Windhorst had some interesting talks about yes. trades the Knicks could make in the offseason. So I, I don't want to look ahead, Gordon, but I have to, I'm have i curious to hear what he's got to say. And Gordon, what you can't have an ESPN in New York tonight without a Jet story. It can it can uh, legally as a sports talk radio. We will be taken to sports talk radio jail, Larry, <laughs> if we don't talk about the Jets in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> And they did something for you to talk about today. They did, actually. Yeah, and it, it's a curious move. It's a very curious move. And it might give us an idea as to what the compensation may be for one mm. Aaron Rodgers. It all circles back to Aaron Rodgers, Larry. Doesn't the it always? The whole world revolves around Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Yes, it does. But right now, the world revolves around the rewatchable movie bracket. Yes, it is round two. Uh, we're moving on here. Uh, we had region one last night. We have region two tonight. And um, a, a couple of things, Larry. A, yes. we have to do, to settle the discrepancy of the two My Cousin Vinnies. Yes. Um, I think what we'll do is we will take the opponent that had the most amount of votes and allow that movie to move on and will only allow the, the, the My Cousin Vinny that had the, the bigger blowout to remain. Absolutely. That so works. I'll have to check and make sure before I say anything for sure, but I believe that it was Step Brothers that had the more votes. So it looks like Step Brothers, which was a big favorite, people were upset was a 15 seed, mm-hmm. looks like that will be moving on. Now, we had the Region 1 last night. You can still vote there. A lot of those matchups coming down to the wire, but let's move on to Region 2 for tonight which the number one seed, everybody complains about all the seeding, but the number one seeds are all still alive. Can't say that about the NCAA tournament. We did a better job than them. The number one seed in Region 2 is back tonight, and it is... Oh, of course, Back to the Future. Huey Lewis singing his heart out. Yes, indeed. And Back to the Future, the number one seed, takes on the number eight, which is... Oh, that is the the soundtrack of Commando. I don't know if anybody has the soundtrack of Commando. It's a really strange soundtrack to uh, purchase, but there you go. Arnold and all his all right, catchphrase so glory. So, Gordon, let me just clarify now. We're yeah. still doing rewatchable movies, not rewatchable movie themes. No, but I thought, you know, maybe the theme songs would be a different it way to be, go for is, a change. It is. 
But I just wanted to make sure the audience, you know, you know, they're very testy. Yes, no, Gordon. it's not the theme very song. Testy. No, do, do not get confused. Do not blame me if, uh, if you think Back to the Future doesn't deserve a number one saw, seed for, for Huey Lewis. I get it. But uh, there were so many in this region that had iconic theme songs. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good move. Like the number five seed, which is... Fantastic. Yes. John Williams, Raiders of the Lost Ark. All of them. <laughs> yes. You can always rely on that theme song. It, de- it, right. it, it definitely is recognizable. And then you got the number four seed here, which is. Uh, a couple of iconic 80s movies there. Yeah. Scarface. This was Raiders. the 80s. <laughs> Yes, this is yeah. This this you don't have to even know what movie this is from. You know this is from the eighties. That this drum track. 80s. Yep. <laughs> so then we'll move on to the number six seed. That is. Also very eighties. Mm-hmm. Major League. Yeah. If you need a sports montage, who's better than Major League to give it to you? Yeah. And then they'll be taking on the number three seed, which is. Ferris Bueller and and Harvey, who uh, is uh, was actually part of the selection committee. Another mistake done by me, Larry. Oh no! I'm running through these movies for today, <laughs> and he's not. Uh, he, I said, "Have you seen this one?" No. Have you seen that? Ah, I saw parts of it. I said, "Did you see Die Hard?" Ah, I've seen parts of it. Parts of Die Hard. What, what are you doing? <laughs> he's been very busy. He's a busy man. Leave the show right now and go watch Die Hard. That's your that's your homework for tonight. All right, so there you go. The number uh, three seed, Ferris Bueller, against the number six, Major League. And then the final matchup for tonight is the number 10, which is... Yeah, that's a Christmas story. I don't know that they necessarily have a great soundtrack there. I guess you kind of get it there a little bit. Yeah, here we go. But its opponent... Maybe the most iconic score of a movie of all time, the number two seed is. Mm. Oh, no. Yep, he's coming. No, get out of the water. I was afraid to go into pools after seeing Jaws. Forget about the beach. Really? So there you go. The number two seed is Jaws. So your four matchups for tonight, Back to the Future versus Commando. Raiders of the Lost Ark against Scarface, Major League against Ferris Bueller, and A Christmas Story takes on Jaws. And voting, Larry, is now open. At Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Vote, vote, vote. And if you didn't vote on last night's region, you can vote again so you can kill two birds with one stone. All right, let's head back to the phones, uh, Gordon. Jeffrey's in Brooklyn. Jeffrey, you're next on 98.7. Yes. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Jeffrey. What's up? What's going on? Yeah. Just looking at this, and uh, I would like to hear your opinion on the curse of Tom Thibodeau. At the end of seasons, his players are tired and all worn out. How far are you expecting the Knicks to go? 
well, Jeffrey, that's an interesting point. Thanks for the phone call. I expect it. It depends on who they face. <laughs> if they don't turn things around, Gordon, they might be in the sixth spot, and I, I wouldn't expect them to go very far in that scenario. I expect them to at least, uh, I think it's a little better matchup for them against Cleveland, although Cleveland looked pretty good in the last game I saw them. Uh, but I, I would think that they should be able to. The goal for the Knicks is to win a first-round a first round series this year. I think Gordon winning the series and advancing would be the proper goal, considering how well they've played, especially uh, over the past couple of over the past couple of months. What we've seen from them, they'd still be a pretty. I think they'll still be a pretty sizable underdog. Mm-hmm, I, I know Nick fans want to think that uh, you know that, that now something has changed or they belong. You know, there was some talk about maybe we can get to to the four seed uh, if everything breaks right. I think the five seed is kind of scraping up the uh, against mm-hmm. the ceiling of, of what's a realistic goal for this team. So yep. uh, it's just funny to me. Every time everything goes wrong for the Knicks, it's always Tom Thibodeau's fault. It's always it's always Julius Randle's fault. Everything. I don't know. Tibbs has done a pretty good job here. He's yeah. been here three years, and they're going to go to the playoffs in two of them. Yep. The, tonight was uh, this was a team defensive effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a bad team effort defensively. So you can't blame him for this because Gordon. I heard him screaming through the TV, so I know that he was he was in he was in midseason form, trying to get them and making adjustments and having them adjust on the pick and roll and things of that nature. But listen. They they have to do a better job once again closing out and and a couple of the threes they were right there they hit them anyway so they've run into some guys shooting some hot threes but I think a lot of that is because you allow them to get started right you allow them to get the confidence you allow them to get a rhythm you allow them to step into their threes and then once they saw the basket the, the ball go into the basket now you got a little confidence and that's what has hurt them. And here's the thing. If you're telling me that the Knicks season falls apart and they lose because the offense is just so stagnant and they're not scoring points, to me that's a fair criticism of Tom Thibodeau. I don't think he's a great offensive coach, clearly. But defense? When you lose a game because of defense, you're telling me that Tom Thibodeau didn't have them prepared defensively? That's not the case. Now, Whether or not they're able to execute the game plan, that's on the players. It's not on Tibbs. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. And we know they were prepared defensively. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're they never prepared offensively. <laughs> it's a weird thing to be like, okay, they gave up 127 points to one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. You know who's to blame? The defensive-minded coach. Yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> it's crazy. So, Gordon, this is what Brian Windhorst had to say on the Hoop Collective podcast. And he says the Knicks could make two big trades in the offseason. Here's Wendy. They have two handfuls of trade material, in my opinion. They can make two big trades if they had to. Coming into this summer, they have the expiring contract of Evan Fournier, which can act as ballast in a trade. They have a bunch of younger players that people are interested in. And they have something like nine tradable first-round picks. In my view, they could trade for two star-level players if they needed to. It doesn't mean they'd have to do that deal, those deals, in the summer of 23. Those deals deals could be made within the 23-24 season. They could be made in 24. In my opinion, they can hold Jalen Brunson, they can hold Julius Randle, and they can make two giant trades. Now, whether they can hold Brunson, Randle, and Barrett and make two giant trades, that would depend on the players. But there is even a window that they could hold all three of those and make two giant trades. All right, Wendy, how? 
it's going to require, I think, a player to say, send me to New York and potentially another star player to say, oh, I'll go to New York too. Or for New York to pull a big trade and then, then a star player going, oh man, they got this and they still got this. I want to do that. I kind of compare it to where the Cavs were in 2014. The Cavs had stuff and they had space and they used the space on LeBron and they used the stuff for Kevin Love. But I thought this about the Knicks for a while and it's never, it's never happened. But the way they've positioned themselves and it's because they paid Jalen Brunson, he, he got a hundred million, right, Bobby? Yeah. Four and a hundred plus. Yeah. hundred plus. It's an excellent contract. So the Knicks are positioned. Leon Rose has put them in position. Now getting in position is not the hard part. Executing is the hard part, but he's put them in position. That's intriguing, Gordon. I just don't know whom, whom to which he speaks, but it's intriguing to know that they do have that versatility and that, that ability to improve the ball club because ultimately while we're happy with what we've seen and we're encouraged and we understand it's a roller coaster uh, because you know, it's, it's the Knicks and, and they don't have consistency from a third person of, you know, talent third person to give them the consistent points that you've gotten from Randall and you've gotten from Brunson all year. Uh, to be able to add that by losing a couple of the younger players who aren't playing a lot anyway in, in some cases uh, is interesting. He got me all worked up with the first cut. And then mm-hmm. he, he took all the wind right out of my sails in the second one. Yeah, of course, it's going to take somebody who wants to go to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been waiting for for 25. That's what makes the Donovan Mitchell thing so frustrating because he was a guy from New York who wanted to come to the Knicks. Yep, that's right. So as he says, as Windhorse said, the easy part is putting yourself in the position. That's yeah. easy. That's easy. And it's, that's what it, they've done. I, right. The hard part is convincing. I feel like we've been hearing this for 25 years. <laughs> uh, 30. Yeah. Jets were at it again. No, 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 no. Not Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. Not yet. No, no, no. Not, not yet. yet. But Elijah Moore, quoting Michael K. See ya. Elijah Moore in the 2023 third round pick, which is number 74 overall, heads to Cleveland for their second round pick, number 42 overall. So New York now has two second round picks, 42 and 43. That Gordon, they might be able to use this ammunition in their attempts to require that guy from Green Bay. They also get McCole Hartman, who agreed to a one-year contract to replace Moore at the slot receiver. Uh, Rich Samini had some interesting comments on this on ESPN.com where he says, really, it's, 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 a, it's kind of, it's not even a lateral move, Hartman, for Moore because, you know, Hartman coming off an injury, mm-hmm. Moore younger, mm-hmm. right? And, and, but just, Gordon, it was a weird year for him. I mean, when he was drafted, and, and it's, you know, you kind of want to get Joe Douglas, you want to say, hey, there's another one that didn't work out. But he, he, he looked like he was going to work out. I mean, everybody was ecstatic about him, looking that he was going to be a fixture with the receivers in this offense. And then last season, it started with, well, I don't have any chemistry with, with Zach Wilson. He doesn't throw me the ball. And it went downhill from there. Taken off the team, comes back. You know, it, it was it, he, he was Denzel Mims. Yeah, Denzel Mims has got to be saying, wait a second, I requested a trade. I'm still here. How'd you get out of here? Well, I think that there's more interest in Elijah Moore. And, sure. and when Moore was drafted, it did seem like one of those picks that was like, oh, boy, you know, let's let's see what this this guy looks like. He could be a real player. But, it, you know, he had that one stretch of games. I think it was five or six games that it looked like, oh, boy, this is going to he's going to be a real weapon for the Jets here. 
and it really never materialized beyond that. So it, this does have the potential to kind of blow up in the Jets' face if Elijah Moore goes to Cleveland and mm-hmm. becomes the player. You know, almost like Kadarius Tony. Remember when the Giants yeah. traded Kadarius Tony? We said, well, it does have the potential. Now, I think this one has more potential because with Tony, I just don't think he's ever going to stay healthy enough to stay on the field, even as mm-hmm. explosive as he is. Mm-hmm. With Moore, now with Deshaun Watson, he'll the remo- the excuses have been removed. Right. So if he doesn't have a big year this upcoming year, he can't blame it on Zach Wilson anymore. And maybe uh, Joe Douglas screwed himself with that second over that second round pick by who he took second overall. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I guess that leads to more possibilities of an Odell Beckham Jr. sighting with the Jets. Well, let's see if we can find out what's going on with that scenario. And for that. We have uh, Diana Rossini on ESPN Radio says, hold on a second, maybe there won't be a Jet Odell Beckham Jr. deal. Until this becomes official, I don't see them making any big moves officially. So for now, I think there's just they're watching this. They're keeping an eye on Odell. The last I checked in, we were told that, that there was no official offer for Odell just yet. So in terms of the Jets trying to get him to come to New York. All right. So who else is possibly in this market for OBJ, Diana? You know, the asking price for Odell, 15 to 20 mil, obviously that's all incentives. And, you know, most teams just thought the asking price was just a little too much. So I know it's come down since because, look, it's a negotiation tactic, right? Like you're always going to ask for more and it's smart by Odell's people. I'm not sure if he's going to get a, a long-term deal this time around. It may look just like a one-year deal. I mean, that's what I would give him, Gordon. Yeah, I'm not giving injury? him a long. Why would I give him a long-term deal? I mean, I don't know how I don't know how available he's going to be. I would think the speed would be not what it once was. Now he has great hands. There's no question about that. But Gordon, we've seen guys with great hands. This league, if you want to be a successful receiver in the National Football League, it's about separation. And I have to see if he can get continuous separation. And for that, I get the one year. I'll try him out for a year. I'll give him a one-year deal. And if and I'll you know guess what if if he proves me wrong then I got to pay him. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's the market there for more than that. Maybe, maybe there there might be one team, but generally those type of things would have come by now. If you were gonna you know the the big fl- splashy moves of free agency happen early on in free agency, mm-hmm. and and also for Odell maybe that might be the best route to go. Like, like what's important to him? I would think that he doesn't want to just go anywhere for a multi-year deal. I think he wants to go to a winning situation. And if you're in a winning situation, generally you're not going to have a whole lot of salary cap space to, to, to throw around. And the Jets, if and when they do get Aaron Rodgers, they're, they're, they're going to be juggling things. So yeah. I know there's been a lot of people say, you know, attaching Odell. Maybe that does happen. It doesn't really seem like it's a, a great need with the receiver for, for the Jets. But if if Aaron Rodgers wants it, Aaron Rodgers gets what he wants, Larry. Oh, there's no question about it. They, they Listen, uh, they, they turned it over to Adam Gase. I don't mind him turning the offense over to <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> can't one, do much worse. <laughs> you, you, fans sometimes get a bad rap. Boy, they nailed that one. They nailed that one right from jump. <laughs> No question about it. No doubt about it. It was not the right move. So, you know, hopefully this is something that will bring them a little closer. Maybe, you know, I don't know whether it means to get give up two twos and a player or they have to still give up that mm-hmm. one. I mean, we'll figure out. You know, they, 
they have to figure it out. But for right now, and I don't know, maybe he's maybe it's ridiculous quoting Aaron Rodgers to think that he's got a list. But all I know is there's there's a lot of moving of furniture over <laughs> over one Jets drive since he said he has intentions to to uh, move into the apartment. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna happen. Uh, it's just a question of when, and 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 it's a question of does it happen before the draft? Because if it doesn't happen at the draft. You'd have to think it's not going to happen for a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the way it would look. That's the way it would look. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Dante is in Queens. Dante, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Um, just wanted to chime in a little about the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's two games, but... I, I'm starting to lose confidence. It's looking like this team is like on the way to the play-in. It, it, it really is. The defense is going back to looking horrible, and it's like Tibbs or do it. They, they need to get control of it, you know. And I and I hate to say this, I won't be surprised if they get smoked in Orlando tomorrow. You know, being that it's a back-to-back, but you know, definitely got to get it together. I agree with you, Dante. Thanks for the phone call. They do have to get it together. I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as down on them as you are. Although I understand why you would be because of how they performed. But I'm. I'm not as down on them. I think that Gordon. This is, teams go through these lulls late in the season like this. You know, it, it happens. And yeah, this is a team that because they're giving up so many points, it's uncharacteristic. Because the one thing you you expect is okay, as you mentioned earlier. Okay, they're not scoring. Okay, I get it. But the defense is solid. The defense has always kept you in games. And I just think that because they've had some success, um, Gordon, with scoring and be able to hit the threes and they were playing so well, I think in in some cases you might have been a little lax defensively. And you've got and you run into some teams that are really, really hot from three and they burned you. And you haven't been closing out well. You've forgotten your fundamentals. Maybe it's fatigue, whatever it is, and it's something that they have to get squared away. And I have no doubt that because all they do is they talk to you about it. I mean, even after the loss to, to Minnesota, what did Jalen Brunson say? We got to get back to the defense. What did Julius Randle say? We got to get back to the defense. So they know it's just a matter of them doing what they're supposed to do. And a loss to the Heat is not it should not really be surprising. The yeah. Heat are, are right there with the Knicks. Exactly. And exactly. the last time you played them, it came right down to the wire. Now, tonight didn't really come right down to the wire, but it was a close game. Knicks did have a lead late, couldn't hold it, couldn't build on it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's things, you know, the, 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 there's always things that pop up. Yeah. So, right, you know, earlier, a couple of weeks ago, it was R.J. Barrett. How is R.J. Barrett playing? Well, mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett's playing a little bit better now. Yeah. Now it's about the defense and the three points and, and, and closing out in the lane and everything else. So, you know, this is another thing that they got to work on. Yeah. Every every game you have to work on something. Every game you got to work on something. You, you, that's why coaches yell and scream. You never play the perfect game. They always find something, and you you realize what you're doing. You know that you're not performing what you the way you normally perform defensively, and it's the rotations. And sometimes it's it's funny, Gordon, because sometimes it's bad shot selection that leads to a break that puts your defense in bad position. It's turnovers that leads to an offensive play that puts you in bad position or puts you on a fast break and and you come 
and they've done they've gotten a lot of they've given up a lot of n ones too you know what i'm saying gordon mm-hmm. it, of this because they've been out of position and so you know they're as Clyde would say they're not moving they're, they're moving they're, they're not moving their feet they're playing defense with their hands and so you're reaching and you're doing things like that so look they know what they have to do they need they need a nice performance. Listen, I'll take a two-point win. I'll take a one-point win tomorrow, Gordon. I'm not proud. I don't need. I don't need a blowout against Orlando. <laughs> just give me. Just give me a win. I'm good. Just give me a win. That's right. all you've, I need. You've spent the year building up this little bit of um, a reserve against the the Nets and the Heat. And the last thing you need here is in the last ten games of the season to to give up that reserve where you're. You know, it's it's three teams for two spots. That's right. And you it, it better not you, you better not be the team because Nick fans have told you who is going to get the blame for this. It's going right. to be Tom Thibodeau. That's There's right. no question about it. No question about it. And listen, we were talking about Cleveland. Well, Cleveland's running, finishing strong. They've won seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. All right, Knicks have split their last ten, including lost two in a row. Miami is seven and three in their last ten and winning two in a row. So. They're, they're making their move right now, Gordon. They're making their move. They're two games behind you in the loss column. And really, they are a loss. They are percentage points, one percentage point behind the Nets for sixth right now, Miami is. One percentage point behind the Nets. So they're right tight. there. Yeah. They're getting tight. It is. It's getting tight. There's no question about it. And you can't afford to lose to the 30 and 43 Orlando Magic tomorrow night who's lost six out of their last 10, even though they won their last game. You can't. You have to have that game. You have to have that game. No, you have to have that game. Ken's in Queens. What's up, Ken? Yeah, how you doing, guys? I was just wondering, uh, were you surprised today, number one, that the Jets getting rid of uh, Elijah Moore? And I like the addition of the KC receiver. I think he's almost going to probably replace him. But i like to know how old he is. And I'll tell you one thing about Joe Douglas. Don't mess with him. Elijah Moore embarrassed my GM during the regular season by asking and requesting a trade. He knew darn well Joe Douglas was not going to trade him. And so now this sticks in his head, in his craw, Mr. Douglas. And this is why one of the reasons I also think he got rid of him. Well, uh... I hear what you're saying. Thanks for the phone call. I, I, I don't. I don't think that was it. I just think that um, it's, it's not. It's not. Don't mess with Joe Douglas. It's if Joe Douglas had gotten the better quarterback, maybe he'd still be here, considering the comments he made. Gordon, I'm just saying that that was the big thing. He showed some signs. Same quarterback, Gordon. He showed some signs, and he looked better when it was another quarterback. Yes, he did. Yes, and McCall Harmon, I, I know everybody knows his name because he's been on the Chiefs. Uh, his best year, he had 59 catches for under 700 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- th- that was not an upgrade, clearly. No, it's really a lateral movement. It's, it's a lateral uh, movement. It might not even be a lateral. Like, the only reason it's a lateral move is because you're getting the second-round pick, which you're assuming is going to go to to get Rodgers. So right. Rodgers makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you had told anybody, well, we're going to draft Elijah Moore in the second round, and then two years later we're going to trade him in a third-round pick to get a second-round pick, I don't know. That doesn't seem like great asset management to me. No, it doesn't, and it isn't. 
but it's it's a situation as you mentioned. This is what Aaron Rodgers yeah, wants, so you absolutely. get that. Absolutely, you got to get it done. And this is a guy who Gordon was not happy with the team last year, while they were winning. I mean, he he wasn't complaining when they lost six in a row. <laughs> he was complaining. No, he was when complaining in the good part of the season. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was a mistake on his part. Yeah, it was yeah, a maybe a little immaturity. Absolutely, yeah, a little bit. You know. Uh, by the way, Hardman's twenty five. So, um, you know, he he's. We're going to find out. We're going to find out if he's as good as he thinks he is. He'll go to Cleveland. He's got a quarterback there for sure. Mm -hmm. One that struggled last year at times, but nowhere close to the guy that he had. So he'll have his opportunity to shine now. Yeah, he will. And, you know, listen, uh, Hardman in the shadow of uh, Tyreek Hill in Kansas City, (laughs) you know, he, he, he made some. He jumped off the screen at you because he played with Patrick Mahomes, Gordon. Let, let's mm-hmm. face it. Let's be honest. He jumped off mm-hmm. the screen. I mean, He's last fast. year, what do you have? What do you have? Twenty-five receptions, two hundred ninety-seven yards, four touchdowns. Well, he's hurt a lot this year. He but, was hurt. Yeah, and and that's your concern, you know. So if listen, if he can stay healthy, he'll give his. I'll say this: if he's healthy, he'll give you more production than you got from Elijah Moore last year. If he's healthy, if he's uh, well, yeah, I mean, you would, yeah, I'd like to hope so. You really got nothing from Elijah. Right, you didn't Moore get much year. more from from more last year. Certainly not when when Zach Wilson was in there. I no. mean, that first game, it was like guys got out of prison when Mike White was in. <laughs> I mean, it was like everybody had been set free <laughs> with with their new shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and Elijah Moore, it was like he was the ball came to him. He was like, "Oh my God, it's the football!" So, I know. and he dropped it. Yeah. <laughs> so. so. It's. It, I tell you, I just all I want to do, Gordon, is for them to make this deal so we could stop talking about them. Oh no, Larry, that's until, where you're wrong, my friend. Until and, and all even I want to do make is the trade, they'll be so he's been, been spotted here. He's thinking about this. I don't care about that. I don't have to say anything about that. He could oh, be. Spotted. He'll he force you. He'll no, force you, Larry. It. I'm not doing it. I refuse. He he owes me. He owes me time. If I didn't talk about him for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I would still have spoken about him two months, too much for him not to have played a down. He hasn't thrown a football yet for them. Yeah. And That's we've been true. talking about him like, like he's, you know, well, he's, he's the best. <sighs> Come on. Yeah, he's, know, he's Aaron. He's the great Aaron Rodgers, four time MVP, Larry, I the missing it. piece. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Believe me. I've heard, I've read the script. Yeah. I, There's I been a lot of missing pieces through the years with the Jets. Oh, yes. They're still searching. They are still searching. They are. And until this is done, they are still searching. Until this is done. And oh, I expect it to the be Jet, done. Not even the Jets time. can blow this now, Larry. Come on. Okay. I agree with you. I'm just I'm just like, then who's holding it up? Is Green Bay holding it up? Yeah, be Green Bay. Yeah, they've got to be them holding it up, right? They, they are not getting – and there's nothing that benefits them – by trading them right now, they could trade them later. Yeah. Okay. Who who knows? Like, would it really be that crazy in the in the greater scheme of things if some quarterback went out and, and got hurt doing something in the offseason <laughs> and is off? Could you imagine that? Could you Im- all of a sudden Josh Allen is off skiing someplace and, uh-huh. and tears up his knee, and now all of a sudden the Bills are without a quarterback? I mean, I, look, I don't expect it to happen, but if you trade them now and you get less than you want, mm-hmm. then you've then you've then it's done. Then you're never going to get anything more. 
I yeah. don't think it hurts the, 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 the Packers anything by waiting. If they're not getting what they want, wait a little longer. Yeah. They're just putting the screws to, to Rodgers now. Oh, you're not Oh, yeah. Exactly. They, they have, there's no love lost there. No. Uh-uh. No. No. Jordan Love's like, okay, whenever, whenever. I'm the quarterback. <laughs> I'm running things now. But in another 15 years, he'll be the one that's wanting out of there and going to the Jets. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. and just do this whole thing all Two over deal. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no. 15 years? Uh, maybe Jack will you, Damer will, you will still, be doing will, it. Will, will we still be both here, Larry, 15 it will years be, from now? It might be Damer and Damer. <laughs> <laughs> 20, what, 2038. Yeah. Ooh. 2038. Wow. Francisco Alvarez could spend the entire season in the minors with the possibility to be called up in September. Like last year. Yeah. So he says, uh, Buck says he wants Alvarez to improve the defensive side of the game. And that was the conversation. Everybody talked about that. The scouts and everybody talked about that. Uh, there was no question about the offense. The defense was going to be an issue. And uh, I was just, listen, I understand he wasn't going to start the, the season. I didn't expect him to start with the big club. But I think the thing that alarmed me, Gordon, was entire season, could spend the entire season in the minors. You know, that's... That's a little, uh, you know, that's a little disheartening for me because I want to see what the kid can do. Yeah, especially when you're that high of a prospect and you, yeah. and you got a taste last year a little bit. And yeah. it's not exactly like, you know, no offense, the Mets don't exactly have Johnny Bench behind the plate right no, now. No, they don't. No, they so don't. So it seems like there is an opening there. And uh, look, I think the Mets are going to, their offense is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But eh, look, you could always have a little bit more, especially when you have uh, a spot in the lineup that's, you're not really expecting a whole lot. Now, if he's a defensive liability, clearly with right. pitching staff, a veteran pitching staff probably doesn't want to throw to a young player. So I, mm-hmm. I can understand that part of it, but he's one of the highest rated prospects in baseball. I know. I want you have to, to think that at some point he is going to see some time up in the majors this year. And I don't want him to bring him up in September and put him in this no. DH in, in the Atlanta series like last year. Yeah, that didn't. You know, that I mean, yeah, out. you give him a feel, but that's that that's not a feel. That's putting him under the hot light. <laughs> it's saying produce now. Let's see what you got. You know, and, and listen, you have to take advantage of your opportunities. I get it, but that's that was didn't work out. That's what I know. No. And he wasn't alone. <laughs> he was not alone. No, he had plenty of, he had plenty of I was just looking at uh, MLB.com. They have uh, Alvarez as the uh top three prospect in baseball. And the two guys in front of him, Gunnar Henderson, who's uh, the Orioles prospect, he's number one. He is mm-hmm. going to start the year, I believe, uh, in the majors. Uh, Corbin Carroll for the Diamondbacks, uh, I believe that he might start the year in the majors. Mm-hmm. Jordan Walker, who's the fourth prospect, I'm pretty sure he's going to start the year in the majors. And then you have Anthony Volpe at number five. So... Who is probably going to start the league in the majors? Eh, I don't know about that. Let's not let's. They're they're Larry. They are working the analytics right now, coming up with the perfect excuse for why he can't. He has to. He needs more seasoning. We really like what we've seen from Peraz. We think IKF. Uh, we think he's have a big bounce back year. IKF can go in the outfield. <laughs> oh my God. This is the New York Yankees. We're moving shortstops to the outfield. We have Aaron Hicks out there. Oh my. God. Oh, goodness. I know. It's early. 
I'm sorry. I saw no, the, not when it comes to Aaron Hicks. <laughs> not when it comes to IKF. It's late. It's, it's past due, Larry. Pump the brakes. I saw the expression on your face when I mentioned that. When I said uh, it's early, you're just you're uh, just so done with them. Uh, you're done. You're done. Can you imagine opening day? I think yep. Peraza is going to win the job. Mm-hmm. So at least you have Peraza at shortstop. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Hicks in left field. But why can't you have Peraza and Volpe and just put IKF on the bench? He plays multiple positions. That's the perfect utility. Oh no, I guy. think IKF will be on the bench, but Hicks is still going to be out there. Well, you can't have everybody. Donaldson's going to be at third base. Yeah, no, Larry. I mean, yesterday. this is why I became a Yankee fan because no, I do expect to have everything, Larry. Well, those days are gone. No, I don't yes. want them to be gone. They're making well, more they money are. now than ever before. Those roast beef sandwiches they sell with the gravy, those things are like twenty bucks a pop. Well, when they get to be twenty-five, you get a bigger, a oh, better left my. fielder. Ugh. And we got like four more years of Aaron Hicks's contract. That's right. Ugh. I mean, you talk about two of the worst moves. Brian Cashman has been the GM for 25 years now, I think. Yes. Yeah. I think you so. would have Maybe to, longer. if you went through all the moves they've made that he has made as GM, mm-hmm. signing Aaron Hicks to a seven year contract. I don't know what he was thinking. Oh, my God. That's terrible. And then the trade for Donaldson, there was no yeah. need for it. Yeah, especially now. The the Twins must have thought they were getting punked. They must have thought it was the, uh, what are those guys on the True TV? Yeah. The, the intentional jokers or yeah, what they call yeah, yeah, Practical yeah. jokers, whatever they, impractical <laughs> jokers. He must have thought it was the impractical jokers calling him up. That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. What two no terrible person. moves. And where, where is your former catcher right now? Who's, who's he playing for? He's, I don't think he's playing anyway. I don't think he has a contract. Wow. I don't think he's on a major league roster. I'll have could to just check. let him go. Yeah. Like, like Minnesota did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. You could have just let him go. But see, here's the thing with the Yankees. They, Cashman digs in his heels, mm-hmm. and it's like, what do you believe? Do you believe what I'm telling you or your lying eyes? Yeah. Right? They told us for a year, no, uh, Gary's actually really good behind the play. We're watching him, Brian. We can see how he is. He's really good at, at good. framing pitches. Oh, he does a great job framing. Great job. Yeah, the framing of the pitch is back oh, at the backstop. He's running after it now. Jogging. Jogging. <laughs> Not running. You're IKF. Jogging. He's one of the top shortstops in the game defensively. Yeah, you, you didn't play him in a must-win game at shortstop because you, you, you knew he was going to throw the ball away. And Donaldson, Donaldson should have got the he, gold glove at third. Oh, should've. he's Donaldson should have got. He wasn't even nominated for a gold glove. He was. They have three guys that are nominated. He wasn't one of the three. What's wrong with those people? The selection committee. Clearly, they don't know what they're talking about. It's oh, unbelievable. <sighs> Chris is in Manhattan. Hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. Um, real fast. Um, it would have been nice uh, for Elijah Moore to prosper here. Good luck to him. Uh, Nicole Hardman. Um, I think Nicole Hardman really is going to hopefully assume the role that Braxton Berrios had. That's what I'm really looking at. I'm not looking at um, him uh, in comparison to the role that Elijah Moore had. I'm looking at uh, Braxton Berrios possibly giving you something in the uh, in the return, return game. game on special mm-hmm. teams. Yeah, either mm-hmm. kick or punt. Um, hmm. Would like to see him on some of those uh, jet sweeps. Uh, with that speed, plus he can plus the way that he can take the top off gives you uh, some serious versatility in the wide receiver room. They're going to need one more, but it does remind me of something that Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks always talk about in terms of having versatility with your wide receiving core, almost building them like a basketball team. Well, you I'll got, say this, you Chris. Your, got your big guys and uh, Alan Lazard and your quick guys now. 
You I'll let you guys run. All right, Chris, thanks. I'll say this. Um, nobody's questioning his talent. The question no. is, is he going to be healthy? Yep. If he's healthy, he's a, he'll be an upgrade. He'll be an upgrade if he's healthy. And he'll be more versatile to run kicks back, like you said. There's no question about it. The, the big thing, will he be healthy? That's all you need. That, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the big concern you got. Yeah. Uh, availability, the main thing is uh, reliability is availability, right? It's you have to huge. be on the field to be able to be able. You definitely do. You definitely do. Especially uh, especially with this quarterback. <laughs> When he when he arrives Is tomorrow the day you think Larry maybe tomorrow no 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 no, no. no? the day before the draft oh I, I would sign for that right now Larry that's like thirty five days that's the that's day around before the, the corner draft. yep all right my friend I'll see you tomorrow night sounds good Larry this is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN.